The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. shout this is my bible i believe what it says i am i can do what it says i can do i am a believer and not a doubter a doer not just a hearer today i'll learn from god's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god amen We're still talking about every prayer answered, amen? And today is our grand finale. It's our last installment uh, in the series, Every Prayer Answered. I'm teaching from my book, a book that I wrote uh, a few years ago called Every Prayer Answered, and uh, this is the book. If you uh, did not manage to get a copy, in fact, today we're going to only offer it to the fathers, since it's Father's Day. So we're going to offer a free copy uh, to all the fathers. During lockdown, something interesting happened. You know, I was spending time with the Holy Spirit uh, one morning, and the Holy Spirit said to me, so far, going into this season, I want you to just kind of offer all your books, uh, e-books, uh, to the people online. And that kind of puzzled me, because I was like, Lord, I put in a lot of money and effort in writing those books. What are you talking about? Have you ever gotten an instruction from the Lord? That, what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> I said, Lord, what are you talking about? And he said, you know, I want you to just send it to the people and bless them. And guess what? That's what we've been doing. And so if you are a father, happy Father's Day, and you would like a free copy, please be sure to send us an email, admin at faithillchurch.co.za. But we started this uh, a few weeks ago, and we've been talking about how God wants to answer every single one of your prayers. And He wants to answer every single one of your prayers with a yes. Why? Because the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. So God is not going to answer your prayers with a no if you pray a prayer. We also qualified what a prayer is. A lot of people don't know that uh, a prayer has to be something that is in line with God's word. You know, just because you start with our Father and you end with in Jesus' name does not necessarily mean that you are praying. Because a lot of people start with our Father and they put a whole lot of complaining in between. And then they say in Jesus' name. That wasn't prayer. That was complaining. Well, religious complaining. Amen? God wants you to pray in line with His Word. And when you pray in line with His Word, Scripture gives us guarantees in several places. One of them uh, being First John 5, 14. It says, this is the confidence that we have, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have all the petitions that we have asked uh, of Him. So God gives us guarantees in different places that if we ask, we will receive. Amen? And so we talked about the different kinds of prayers. Ephesians 6, 18 uh, tells us that there are different kinds of prayers that we should pray as God's children. You know, and uh, we've talked about so many different kinds, and today is our final installment. And we're going to get a little controversial uh, today uh, because we're going to be talking about a prayer uh, that is controversial. But I don't even know why it's controversial because it's in the Bible. Amen. Uh, How many of you know that as Christians, we should uh, default to the Word of God and not to culture, uh, not to uh, religiosity, uh, not to traditions of man, 
uh, uh, scripture tells us in Mark 7, 13, that traditions of man make the gospel of none effect, or it robs the power that is in the word of God. Amen? So we should never just do something out of tradition. We should always do it because of God's word. Can I get an amen? And so uh, we need to be able to come uh, to approach the Word of God with a mindset that says, you know what, I'm going to allow the Word of God to get on the way of my beliefs. I'm going to let the Word of God correct any beliefs that I may have had. I'm going to let the Word of God just direct me if I need change. You know, I have a lot of friends, uh, and I was sharing about my friends. Nothing wrong with the Americans, but I was sharing about their context because they, uh, from their background of their country, they have... Uh, they just so happen to have two very strong political parties with two very strong differing ideologies. And so some of my Christian friends will go with the Democratic Party. And because of that, they will tiptoe uh, the Bible around issues concerning uh, abortion and uh, homosexuality because that's what the, uh, the Democratic Party is for that. And then I have some friends who go with the Republican Party, so they will tiptoe issues around racism because the Republican Party just kind of turns a blind eye. Well, I may not know the full details, but that's from my observation, okay? They just kind of tiptoe around these issues. And as Christians, we should never approach an issue from the basis of an ideology of a political party. Man, this is good. It's strong preaching, but it's good. Amen? We should never approach the Bible from an ideology outside of God's Word. We should be ready to let the Word of God correct us regardless of our previous beliefs that we may have had. So I said all of that to say this, that we're going to be talking about praying in tongues. And there was silence in this Presbyterian church. No one ever said amen. We're going to be talking about praying in tongues. It's the big one. It's the last one. But we're going to find out through scripture what does the Bible have to say about tongues. And next month we're going to uh, be talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the things that I always teach every single year. Uh, man, once you start tapping into the power uh, that the Holy Spirit is to the life of a believer, you know, I know some, you know, there's some churches that won't teach about the Holy Spirit because it will chase people away or whatever. But man, let me tell you, we're not just about getting people here. We're about equipping people so that they can win. What's the point of having 10,000 people that are getting beat up? By life. Now, I'd rather have 12 that are kicking the devil's backside and whipping his head. Amen? I said amen. And so that's why we talk about these things. Because they're in scripture, they empower the believer to live effectively. So we're going to be talking about tongues. And there are three different mentions of three different tongues that we see in the New Testament. And we're going to take a journey and look at all these three. And we're going to show you the benefits and uh, uh, how you can operate in all these different three mentions of tongues in Scripture. So quickly go with me to Acts chapter number 2 from verse 1 to 6. I want to read Acts 2 verses 1 uh, to 6. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now watch this. 
And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Verse 6. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because. Someone say because. We're now getting ready to see what this tongue is. It says because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So here we see the first mention of tongues which refers to a supernatural endowment of a language that has not been previously learned by natural means. So these men, unlearned fishermen, haven't been to French school, to Spanish school to learn this language. Scripture says as the Holy Spirit came on them, they were inspired, and all of a sudden they began to speak in a language that they hadn't uh, learned before. It says here that every man heard them speak in his own language. So it's a bunch of thousands of people. 2,000 got born again uh, on this day. So it's a bunch of people that are sitting there from different parts of the world. And as the Spirit inspired the disciples, they began to preach and minister to these thousands. And each man heard them in their own language. What happened? This is the first time that we see it's a supernatural endowment of the Spirit on a man or a woman to minister through a language that they did not previously learn through natural means. How many of you believe the Holy Spirit can do that? It's, it's used for public ministry. It is used to minister the gospel to someone else. You could be sitting on a train uh, in France, Paris. Man, praise the Lord. And you haven't even gone to uh, a French school, uh, but because there is a need, there is a demand for a man, a woman sitting next to you on the train to hear the gospel, and all of a sudden you start babbling these entities that you don't know what they mean, but it's the Holy Spirit ministering through you so that the man or the woman can get born again. So it's the first mention of tongues that we see uh, in the New Testament, and the purpose of this is usually to minister salvation to someone else. And here's what I want you to also note is that this tongue is for public address. Say that after me. It is for public address. So it is to minister to someone else. Amen? And then the second tongue that we see is in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. I'm going to read from verse 26 uh, to 29. 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, 26 to 29. This is a, the second tongue that we see in Scripture. It says, How is it, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, a teaching, as a tongue, as a revelation, as an interpretation? Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at most three. Each in turn, let one interpret. So the second tongue we see here uh, is comes from 1 Corinthians 12, you know, the gift, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of the gifts is the gifts of tongues. So here, in a setting like this, in a corporate setting where uh, believers, saints gather together, a man or a woman would get up and begin to minister tongues. And as you minister tongues, the Bible brings order to it. It says one or two people must get up and interpret. Not it says uh, interpret, it didn't say translate. Amen. Because if it was a translation, you would have to go word for word. You know, as they uh, speak in tongues, it would have to be word for word in English. But sometimes someone would just get up and say a sentence in tongues, but the interpretation would be a paragraph. Why? Because you are interpreting what was said in a tongue. And he says, let one man get up and do that, or two people get up and do that. So this is the second type of tongue that we see uh, mentioned in Scripture. And again, this one is for public address. Someone say public address. 
And the third one we see is what we're going to be talking about today is praying in tongues. It's very important for you not to confuse these different tongues that we see mentioned because you will just give people a hassle for, for, for no reason if you don't understand the different types of tongues that are mentioned uh, in Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 2. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 to 2. It says, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For ye who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. Hold on. Wait a minute. The other two, you are speaking to man. Did you see that? The first one, he was speaking a language that he didn't learn before. The Holy Spirit uh, gave him utterance and he was able to minister to someone. The second one, he is addressing the congregation. That's why someone else should get up and give an interpretation for the edification of the church. But this one, he says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, uh, sorry, verse 2, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man, but to God. And if he's not speaking to man but to God, that qualifies as prayer. Remember, prayer is our fellowship and our communication with God. So here, in this particular verse, he's talking about praying in tongues. And he says of praying in tongues, you ain't talking to man. M-E-N, you know, mankind. Amen? He says you're not talking to men. And I've had people, you know, try to give me a... a a stick for praying in tongues, and they say, man, you can't be praying in tongues because if you, if you say that tongue thing, then someone else must get up and interpret. But no. Yeah. Did you read it? I ain't talking to you. Did you see what it says in the Bible? It says, I ain't talking to you. Did you see that? It says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to Man, I ain't talking to you. So usually when people do that, I tell them, no, no, no. This wasn't the tongue that you uh, thought I was, I was ministering in. This is Nanya. The Nanya tongue. That's what I call it. And they say, Nanya, Nanya what? Nanya business. This is the Nanya tongue. I ain't even talking to you. He says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. You're not supposed to understand this one. You know why? Because it's between me and God. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Man, that's powerful. He's saying when you're speaking in tongues, when you're praying in tongues, and you're praying in tongues, what you're doing is you're ministering or you're speaking mysteries. That word mysteries is the Greek word mysterion and is borrowing from a war tradition where they wouldn't give the entire army the entire plan of how they are going to conquer their enemy. They will just give you a piece of that information because they didn't want you to get captured and then, you know, give up the entire plan and sabotage the war strategy. And sometimes when God makes you pray in tongues, it's because he doesn't want you to sabotage your own prayer life. Because sometimes people sabotage their own prayer life. You know, they'll be praying over here for finances and for prosperity, and they'll turn around and declare over their own life that I am broke. Without any cohesion and being coerced, I'm broke. Or they'll pray over here for healing and go over here and declare, you know what, I am sick. Or they'll pray Psalm 91 over here. And then they'll declare over here, man, this COVID thing might just catch me, man. Oh, wait, don't touch me. Oh, hold on, brother. Where is this COVID thing? 
No, you just prayed Psalm 91, did you? Act like you believe it. Amen? And so sometimes because God knows we're going to sabotage our own prayers, especially if our prayers have to do with big things that are way beyond what you're used to and what you're accustomed to, what God does is he slips it into your mouth through praying in tongues. Why does he even have to go through all of that drama? Because the only thing God will do in the earth is what he is authorized to do in response to prayer. Amen? I said amen. God is not, he's a gentleman. He's just not going to budge into your life and promote you. He wants to. He would love to. But he's just not going to budge into your life and make you president. He's not going to, you got to get some cooperation. So how does he get you to cooperate? He gets you to pray for it without knowing it. You're like Shanda Reboko Sembro and you're claiming your boss's job. You don't even know it. Man, I just prayed it. You know why? You're praying mysterion. And when you pray it that way, you won't be able to sabotage it with your friends over coffee. Because you didn't even know what you were praying for. Amen? So with regards to your assignment, man, this is a benefit of praying in tongues. And someone may be watching and thinking, you know what? I I don't want this tongue thing. Well, don't worry about it. God is not going to force it on you. And someone else may be asking, do I have to pray in tongues? You know, I always get that question. In 2020, do I have to pray in tongues, Pastor G? No, you don't. Just like you don't have to brush your teeth. You don't have to wash. You don't have to eat food. All I'm doing is presenting to you the benefits that scripture says there is for us praying in tongues. And if you see benefit in it, man. I think it would be a good idea for, start, for you to start incorporating it into your life, just like you incorporate uh, eating food, just like you incorporate brushing your teeth and washing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So he says, man, when you pray in tongues, you begin to pray mysteries, mysterions. And I think this is a great benefit for praying in tongues. Can I get an amen? The Apostle Paul was so uh, 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 proud about his ability to pray in tongues. This is what he says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 14. He says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. That's another benefit of praying in tongues. He says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, which means when you don't pray in a tongue, your spirit is not praying. It would be awesome to also pray in your spirit. Watch what he says. He says, my understanding is unfruitful. And a lot of people get tripped up to not pray in tongues because they don't understand what they're praying. Man, this is an awesome type of prayer. You know why? You can't sabotage it. You know who else can't sabotage it? The devil. Because he can't hear what you're saying. It's just you and God doing your thing. Amen? <laughs> My wife and I have a, a code language. It's, met, it's a blessing to have a language that you can speak that no one else understands. It's such a blessing. We were in New York City. We were in New York City with Marshall. And we were in a bus in New York City. And we were just sitting with these people. I mean, these people were mean. I mean, this lady was sitting on a three-seater. And you remember the story? We were, you were, she was sitting on a three-seater. And we walked in, a bunch of us. And, uh, man, they just looked at us like, you know, you ain't sitting here. You're not sitting here. And I tell you, man, I looked at it and I, I, I was terrified. It must have been a demon or something, you know. I was terrified. And I said, you know what? Uh, we're not going to go and trouble her. But we switched on it. We started talking in Shona. 
Man, it's a warfare language because they can't hear what you're saying. And we started strategizing and saying, yeah, if she just moves, then yeah, you must go and sit there. She couldn't hear a thing. Amen? And that's what happens when you're praying in tongues. It's just between you and God, the enemy can't hear it. And he can't throw you a curveball. Amen? He says, the Apostle Paul says, so what is the conclusion then? This is the conclusion that you should have also in uh, verse 15. What is the conclusion then? What am I going to do? He says, I will. Someone say, I will. will. Notice he didn't say, God will. He says, I will. So I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that praying in tongues is an absolute act of your will. You need the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to do it, but you get to do the praying in tongues. I used to think, you know, praying in tongues was like, you know, this thing comes on you and it overcomes you. And you just can't hold it in. It's like throwing out. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. The Holy Spirit inspires you. You feel a bubbling on the inside of you. And you get to do the talking. He says, I will. Pray in the spirit. I will also pray with understanding. So I'm going to do both. I'm going to pray in the spirit. And I'm also going to pray in understanding. With understanding. I will sing with the spirit. And I will also sing with understanding. Verse 16. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving thanks, since he does not understand what you say. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. And then he concludes by saying this, verse 18, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. The Greek rendition, the Greek rendition of this verse says, I thank God that I pray in tongues or I speak with tongues more than all of you put together. I mean, the Apostle Paul looked at this gift and he was like, you know what? This is something to be treasured. I thank God for it. And so should you and I. Amen? Let's go quickly to Romans 8, verse 26. Romans chapter number 8, verse 26. Thank you, Jesus. So God is not going to force our tongues on you. Uh, Man, if you want the gift, if you see benefit in it, in these things that I'm sharing, man, just open your heart and ask him and God is going to bless you uh, with the gift and you'll be able to pray in tongues and empower yourself, grow yourself and so on and so forth, all these things that we are talking about. It says in Romans 8 verse 26, likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities. Uh, That word infirmity today is in the Greek, asthenia. Asthenia, A-S-T-H-E-N-E-I-A. And it implies uh, weaknesses or limitations. That word infirmity in this particular verse is not talking about sickness. Amen? It says the Holy Spirit helpeth our infirmities. He helps us to overcome our weaknesses and our limitations. Why? How does he do that? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. He says, man, we don't always know what we should pray for as we are supposed to. You know, someone once said, you know, Pastor T, I actually know what I should be praying for. When I'm hungry, I pray for food. I know what I should be praying for. But not at all times. You know why? Because sometimes God wants you to get into what I like to call intercessory prayer. 
Sometimes God wants you to pray for the saints all the way across to the other ends of the world, to the other part of the world. And how does God get you to do that when you can't comprehend what's going on on the other side of the world? He gets you to do that by praying in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes your own family, you don't know where your family is. You drop your kids off at school. You don't know what kind of danger they face. And how do you pray for them when you're at work? And you're just going to feel a bubbling on the inside of you. And as you start to pray, finally you will find out when you hear their testimony that, wait a minute, this happened. This escape happened. This miracle happened right at the moment that I felt that bubbling and I began to pray. What were you doing? You were losing angels in their direction. So he says there is a better way to pray. Since you don't know what you should be praying for all the time. The Holy Spirit knows what you should be praying for all the time. And when you let him pray through you, uh, uh, through the praying of tongues, this is how he concludes it. He says he makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. With groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate words. Amen? Man, you should be praying in tongues. Uh, uh, all the time, because there are so many benefits uh, to it. I remember the one time uh, I had submitted uh, for a visa uh, to go someplace, and I mean, this thing was taking too long. It was just taking way too long, and I had a backlog of work. I couldn't travel overseas. I couldn't do anything, and so on and so forth, and it was just taking way too long. And the one time I was driving uh, to Botswana, to Gaborone, for, for, for business, for work, and while I'm, I'm driving there, I felt an inspiration, a bubbling on the inside of me to start praying in tongues. And I just went for it. Man, I went for it for, I think, three hours straight. I was into it. And when I got to my hotel, as I was pulling up, I felt a release. You just feel a release, and I knew that something had broken. And at the same time I was checking in, my wife called me, and she said, Hey, honey, I just got that SMS. Uh, the visa is out. I don't know what was hindering it. It probably was sitting on someone's desk, and they were just kind of ignoring it. Some of you, you will submit contracts. You submit CVs. They never get, people never pay attention. Man, you should be praying. You should be interceding. Amen? Because I'll tell you this, man. Things can happen faster uh, than you've ever experienced when you start praying in tongues. Because sometimes it's just a man sitting on your papers, just watching them, just. Yeah, one day I'll get to this. So just one day. No, just, yeah. Maybe I'll get into it. I'll get to it in October. But when you start praying in tongues and interceding, guess what? There's a supernatural release of favor on those things. Can I get an amen? And so he says here, the Holy Spirit will help us to pray the things that God wants us to pray. Jude chapter number 1 verse 20 says, we can build ourselves up in our most holy faith uh, by praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen? You can build yourself in, in your most holy faith. You need faith, particularly in these challenging times where we're going to have opposition. You know, I was laughing at, you know, uh, uh, some things that are happening, and uh, I was just talking to Henry, and I was saying to my wife as well, uh, some of the people that I, I, I talk to often, and I was saying, you know what? Matthew 24 actually says uh, in the last days there's going to be pestilences. And Jesus told us that there's going to be pestilences. And I googled the word uh, pestilence. Uh, it just means that a global pandemic, like the bubonic plague, uh, plague. And he says that these things are going to happen in the last days. And he said pestilences. And I was saying to them, you know what? Uh, let me just encourage you with this. There's more coming. This was practice session. There's more coming. 
So we've got to learn how to fight. There's no playing dead. You've got to learn. Jesus already told us it's going to be earthquakes. He already told us it's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Go and read Matthew 24. You already told us. He said in the last days, you're going to be hated by all men. And he says there's going to be pestilences and all kinds of uh, stuff that's going to happen in the last days. And man, we, we need to learn to fight the what? The good fight of faith. You know, growing up, I, we would watch Tour of Duty and so on and so forth and TV. And then I would tell myself, you know what, if there was ever war in my country, I would just play dead. You know, just play dead. Just act like I'm dead when the soldiers come and put some ketchup on myself. Just, just play dead until they pass, then run home. Man, how many of you know that that's not a war strategy? You know what a war strategy sounds like? Fight the good fight of faith. You got to learn how to fight. Amen? You've got to learn how to resist the devil. That's a warfare uh, a word that he uses there. He says you've got to learn how to resist the devil, and when you resist him, what happens? He will flee from you. You've got to learn how to take authority over your household. Man, when I walk into that house, I take authority and I declare some things because Jesus has bestowed authority on each and every one of us as believers. When I walk into my household, there are certain things I declare. There shall not be any plague coming near our household, near our dwelling. Psalm 91. A thousand will fall at my side and ten thousand, and it shall not come near me. It shall not affect me. It shall not affect the, the assignment that God has for me. It shall not affect uh, our personal finances. And so we declare those things. What are we doing? We are resisting the devil, and the devil will flee from you. How do you get to a place like that? You do Jude 1 verse 20, praying in the Holy Ghost, building yourself in your most holy faith. Don't just roll with the punches. Learn to fight. Because the enemy is after your kids. He's after your business. Amen. He's after your finances. He's after your health. And you've got to learn how to fight. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have Jesus who came that we might have what? Life and every hour more abundantly. We need to start enforcing the Zoe life of God everywhere that we go. When I drop off, I'm going to be dropping off my kids for school tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Uh, they're going back to school. They need to learn. Going back to school. Man, as I drop them off, I'm going to use my, my priestly anointing as a father of the house, and I'm going to declare a blessing over them. And I'm going to declare protection over them. And as I drive out, I will not worry about a thing. It's called fighting the good fight of faith. Can I get an Amen. Let's go to Isaiah 28 from verse 11 to 12. Thank you, Jesus. Even if you don't want to fight, sometimes the devil will just corner you. Have you ever seen these people on YouTube that they corner a cat? And then they're cornering the cat and the cat is acting all fearful. At some point, the cat decides, you know what? You know what? I think I'm tired of this guy. Go and watch on YouTube. I mean, the animal instinct kicks in. That thing flies up and just bites the guy. Then at some point, you'll get tired of just being bullied with life. I'm tired. Amen. I said amen. Isaiah 28 from verse 11 to 12. The Apostle Paul quotes this same verse in the context of tongues uh, in 1 Corinthians 14.21. The reference was speaking in tongues. And he quotes Isaiah 28 from verse 11 to 12. He says, For with stammering lips and another tongue he, will he speak to his people, to whom he said, This is the rest that 
uh, may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. So here, he says with stammering lips, with another tongue, talking about tongues, he says there's going to be a rest for God's people. Man, praying in tongues will help you just release uh, 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 a peace over your life and tap into uh, this kind of rest. And the refreshing is available for all of us, uh, God's children. Amen? And uh, in closing, someone may ask, well, Pastor T, I like this tongues thing, but what, how do I know I'm praying the tongues of God? What if I'm praying the tongues from the devil? That's a good question. Let's find out what the Bible has to say about that. Luke 11, from verse 9 to 13. I know I'm a little over time, but we'll catch up. Amen? Luke 11, from verse 9 to 13. This is Jesus speaking. Who? Jesus. Not Pastor T. Jesus. And listen to what Jesus says. He says, and I say to you, ask, and what happens? It shall be given to you. Seek, and what will happen? You shall find. Uh, this is the, the word shall is the strongest affirmation in the English language. It means this is what's happening. There is no other way. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receives. He that seeketh, findeth. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son, seeing that is Father's Day, this is a rhetoric question for all the fathers. If a son asks for bread from any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? No. I'm going to give him bread, right? I said right. Or if he asks for fish, will you give him a serpent? No, I'm going to give him fish. Or if he asks for an egg... Will you offer him a scorpion? No. I mean, if you did this, you would be charged with uh, a child abuse. The, the social services will come and literally take that child away from you. They asked for bread. You gave him a stone. You gave him a scorpion for an egg? Are you crazy? And then Jesus flips it and he says in verse 13, If you, then being evil, know how to give, give what? Good gifts to your children. How much more? Someone say, how much more? He says, how much more? You know how to give bread for bread. God, once you ask for bread, he's giving you bread and cake. That's what how much more means. It means he's giving you bread with butter to put on it. You're not going to eat it dry. <laughs> with some bacon. Amen? It's a funny story about Henry's religious uncle. He visited, he visited the, 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 the family uh, a few years ago. When was that? Ten years ago or whatever. And uh, this guy was religious. He didn't believe in eating uh, pork uh, for anything. And then while he was there at Henry's uh, parents' house, uh, Henry's mom started serving breakfast. And then they served him, you know, uh, uh, eggs and they served him beans. And everybody else got eggs, beans, uh, sausage, and bacon. And then this guy said, but I didn't get bacon. And then they said to him, but you don't eat pork. And the guy said, but bacon is not pork. <laughs> bacon is bacon. Okay? This is not pork. <laughs> the Bible didn't say bacon. It says, well, I mean, this guy was just religious. He wanted some bacon. And so God will give you bread and more. 
If you ask for bread, you're getting bread and more. He says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the what? The Holy Spirit. Did you see that? He says, how much more would your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? So if you ask for the Holy Spirit, God is going to give you the Holy Spirit. If you ask for a Holy Spirit-inspired tongues, what makes you think God is going to give you tongues of the devil? He says, if you ask, you shall receive. All you've got to do is ask. And some of you may be, man, I've never prayed in tongues, and I really, I've heard what you said. I really want the benefits of praying in tongues. All you've got to do, all this is an ask away from you. And when you ask, that inspiration is going to come up on you, and some of you may start with just one word. Just one word. You feel just saying one word in tongues. And as you stay faithful with that one word, and again, he's not going to force it on you. All he's going to give you is inspiration. You're going to feel inspired to do it. And as you start doing it, man, you will add to your vocabulary. Just like a child growing their vocabulary, you can grow your vocabulary when it comes to spiritual things. Can I get an amen? And so don't, don't feel under pressure. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.